Hello and welcome to Charm City Checkup, a podcast about social justice issues in the city of Baltimore for pediatric residents, made by a pediatric resident. My name is Caroline Knoop and I'm your host. Currently, I am a pediatric resident in the city of Baltimore. I'm learning about community resources, social justice issues, and social determinants of health that face our patients and their families. Join me as I learn about all things social justice in the city of Baltimore. On this episode of Charm City Checkup, we will be talking about food insecurity and how it impacts our pediatric patients. Food insecurity is defined as the condition of not having access to a sufficient amount of food or food of an adequate quality to meet one's basic needs. In the state of Maryland, about 11% of households are food insecure, and in the city of Baltimore, that rate is 13.5%. When patients do not have access to proper nutrition, their health suffers. Children who do not have access to enough food or the right types of food have poorer health outcomes, are at risk of abnormal development, and have greater odds of being hospitalized. The American Academy of Pediatrics published a study in 2019 that showed that household food insecurity is related to significantly worse general health, an increase in acute and chronic health conditions, and more emergency department visits for children. They saw that children from food insecure households had 180% higher rate of foregone medical care, meaning that these families were more likely to not utilize the health system for preventative visits. These children also have a greater risk of hospitalization than those who are not food insecure. Children without access to proper nutrition have a higher risk of chronic medical conditions. For example, they have a 19% higher rate of asthma and a 28% higher rate of depressive symptoms. One theory is that stress, mental and physical from food insecurity, can lead to issues with mental health as well as impaired immune system functioning. Even when children do not experience reduced food intake, they may still have poor nutrition or eat lower quality food due to household income or living in a food desert. This lends itself to families purchasing cheaper and more energy-dense foods that may not have the vitamins and nutritious value that we would want our patients to be consuming on a regular basis. Food is a basic need that has lasting impact on a child's growth and development. It is important for pediatricians to address these issues to help our patients grow and develop to their full potentials. I'm excited to say that I got to talk with Dr. Rebecca Carter and Christine Krabs about the new food pantry that will be opening soon at the University of Maryland Medical Center Midtown Campus, which promises to be a wonderful resource for our patients and their families. Thank you so much for joining me, Dr. Rebecca Carter and Christine Krabs. I'm so excited to talk about food insecurity and the new food pantry that's happening at Midtown. Um, Can you please both tell me about your roles and introduce yourselves to the audience? We'll start with um, Dr. Carter. Hi, I'm Dr. Rebecca Carter. I am division head for general pediatrics. So I am a practicing general pediatrician as well as pediatric hospitalist, and I do some work in the newborn nursery. And I'm also the director of community outreach and engagement for pediatrics. So in that realm, I do a lot of both clinical and educational elements that help to reach our community and bring care outwards from the hospital and out into the community to best reach the families that we are treating and working with. 
Thanks so much for being here. And thank you so much for being here, Christine Krabs. Thank you for having me. Um, I'd like to take a moment to introduce myself. I'm the Senior Director of Community Health for the University of Maryland Medical Center, both the downtown and midtown campuses. Uh, I like to think that community health is really the front door for the hospital into the community and the programs and services that we do provide. One of our services is located at the uh, at our Midtown campus, and it's called the CHECK, the Community Health Education Center. It's on the lower level of the um, outpatient tower. We provide, all of our services are free. We provide free screenings like cholesterol, A1C for diabetes, um, weight, blood pressure. Uh, we provide um, the Maryland Moms Program, free exercise classes, diabetes prevention classes, um, and we have a community health worker on site that we do provide referrals for not only smoking cessation, but other community-based programs um, such as workforce development, food insecurity, transportation, and things like that. That's awesome. That's a great resource to remind everybody about as well. Thank you both for being here. Um, so we're going to kind of talk about the upcoming food pantry at Midtown. Can you tell me about this project? So I will speak to sort of the initial discussions and um, I'll pass on how things have progressed from there. But basically, this started several years ago, really with the history that we did have food pantries present um, through pediatrics several years back and, and actually several clinics ago. So not since we've been here at the Midtown campus. Um, but in the process of trying to revitalize that, it was really clear that there was a lot of duplicative efforts where there were every, you know, several different avenues where people were really trying to address food insecurity. And we wanted to combine our efforts and team up so that we could help address pediatric food insecurity, but really get at the root of our full community and, and work together so that all of our families' needs were being met. And so it started several years back in conversations um, where we were just discussing how we could team up and have it be really centered more at the Midtown campus overall so that we were not doing multiple different food pantries and really limiting our options to have access for families. So we were very excited at the invitation to work with um, the Czech group and and sort of mobilize our efforts from pediatrics to really be in a supportive role here to help facilitate this moving forward. And from my perspective, um, I'm, I'm relatively new to the medical center. I've been here just about a year. And I met with Dr. Carter. She, she was one of my first introductions when I hit campus. And we were talking about the needs of the pediatrics at Midtown and that she's seen a lot of her, her patients and families who are experiencing what we call emergent or extreme uh, food insecurity. And they don't have food at home at all to even prepare. And as we all know, you know, proper nutrition and healthy food is a building block for our children, not only in how they grow, but how they learn and how they develop um, and they grow up. So of course, something as basic as healthy food access is critical um, that we support so that as Dr. Carter and her practice um, provides, you know, fantastic clinical care to our patients, we need to supplement that so that they do have healthy food access. So we <clears throat> hit the drawing board and we came up with a model in which her practice, um, whether it's the, the time of visit 
or with her social workers working with patients that have ongoing social needs, screen families, and they they are their emergency. They need emergency food. There's nothing at home or very little at home to feed their family. Um, we'll trigger a referral over to the check, and patients can come over and they will receive a, a box of food for free that will last their family for a week. And whether that's a family of two or four or six. As we know, our families are diverse in number and in age, and so we want to try to meet all of those requirements. So when they come in, they will hit that uh, hit that referral, receive food, and also sit down with our CHW, not only to talk about the food in the pantry and what food is in their food box to understand how to prepare it and what types of healthy meals to get, but also to do some basic social needs screenings with these patients as well. Because if they're having food access issues, they most likely are having other financial um, financial instability problems as well. So do they need a job? We can refer them to workforce development. Um, do they need transportation? Because they had difficulty even getting to their appointments, we can help set them up with transportation. And we can help refer them to other community organizations so that they can have these needs met. And so we really just want, this is it's kind of a stepping stone, I see it, as to really pull our patients up and where can we help guide them to get the resources that they need? Wow, that all sounds really amazing. And as a resident that is at um, Pediatrics at Midtown, I'm so excited to refer my patients over there um, to get such a well-rounded um, help after their appointments. And like you said, a lot of that has to do with their health moving forward and that we can help the whole family is amazing. Um, I know that we encounter these issues with our patients on a daily basis um, at Midtown and throughout the city of Baltimore. Um, and these ideas kind of come up in passing, but how did you make this project come to fruition um, in such like a centralized area? It sounds so well thought out and well executed. I think it, honestly, it was um, this, this process, while it seems easy, it was there's definitely a history behind it that Dr. Carter can probably can speak to a little bit better than I can, but this has been in the works for probably close to two years. Um, so there's been a lot of thought. Um, and also we've had to, you know, we've had to get leadership support, which hasn't been hard to do. Um, but part of that included planning, identifying re existing resources, identifying um, champions, not only a physician champion such as Dr. Carter, but other champions um, like Allison Brown, who's the president of Midtown, um, and such, you know, Dana Farrakhan, who's our senior VP of community and strategy. Um, and so I think through this process, we've had to go through a pretty deep dive just to identify all that was needed and develop this plan. Um, I think moving forward, and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about this as we go further along in this podcast, but we really want to look at sustainability. Um, it's not just opening up a food pantry, which will meet the immediate need of our patients, but what's the sustainability and, and what else can we do to really circle around our families and try to support them? Yeah, I, I think sure. that's key. I, I, th I think the key here is really how do we create a model that is going to allow for that sustainability? And I think that that's what we're really excited about um, with how this has built out, because it is great to say we have food here and now. It is not necessarily going to help our families move to the next step where they're not dealing with food insecurity again once that short-term access runs out. And so I think that utilizing the support 
that Check has to offer and really being able to have those wraparound services paired with the access to food in those moments is really vital for success and for really truly serving our families where they need it the most. Because certainly in an emergency food insecurity moment, we want to get that access right here and right now. And I think for anyone who has been seeing families at Pediatrics at Midtown and experienced um, that feeling of really helplessness when we might give some access to food banks or we might give some pieces of information, but not feeling like we can directly help serve and you know, offer some solutions to the problems in the immediate time frame. I think all of us will be so relieved to know that we have this support right here on campus. And at the same time, not feeling like we are, you know, putting a bandaid on the problem, but really helping to solve the larger issues that might be at play that might be weighing into the food insecurity so that we can really help families move past that moment. It sounds like this will be a great launching pad. Will this kind of help our families get uh, keyed into WIC and SNAP benefits as well, kind of moving forward for a more long-term solution for them? Yes, that's the goal. So we will be having um, WIC available at also in check um, on certain days of the week. We're in final stages of discussions with them to actually be on site. Um, and also Dr. Carter and um, and team at the practice can also make you know, electronic referrals to WIC. But the whole goal is to, like you said, get our patients into these longstanding food access programs um, so that they they can get healthy food whenever, not just the the once a week box or the one-time box that they would get with us. So our goal really is to develop all programs at check so that our patients and families can have access to different services that are available not only across our medical center, but in our community. That's great. I love that goal. And I know we've kind of touched on the sustainability of the project and setting up our families for success um, in a long-term future. Um, but what are some of the other goals that you have for the food pantry? You know, it's interesting because I've been asked that numerous times. And when you're writing a project, you, know, you, you really are supposed to have goals. Um, obviously, I think our, our immediate is to our immediate goal is to how can we um, reduce the burden of lack of healthy food in our community. Um, and obviously this is, we're starting off as a relatively small food pantry, um, but my goal is to obviously grow it, to be able to support more families, um, perhaps for a longer period of time. Um, initially families probably are only gonna be able to get one or two boxes um, until we increase the, you know, the, the, um, the finances around, uh, financial resources around the pantry. Um, but the other thing is, you know, I want to, we hopefully can take a look back, a retrospective review at the patients and where were their benefits? Um, did their health happen to improve because we were able to link them into more sustainable food access programs, um, you know, health outcomes, um, quality of life for our families, less stress, things like that. Um, I will say that, um, the system, University of Maryland Medical System, is also interested in taking a look at what our outcomes are, whether we can predict them or not. Um, and we want to apply this model across the health system. So I think it's going to be interesting what we find. Um, but what we do find in terms of performance and improvements and things like that, um, we'll, we will work on that and ultimately turn over um, a more defined project plan to the system to share with other member orgs. And I would add that, you know, at 
the local level at Pediatrics at Midtown, one thing that I'm looking at is actually the reporting of food insecurity and how comfortable our families feel in reporting that in our screening. So right now, as you know, we screen for food insecurity as part of our SEEK questionnaire. And I strongly encourage anybody who's seeing patients at Pediatrics at Midtown to utilize the flow sheets so that that can be stored in Epic because that will help us to keep better tracking mechanisms for that food insecurity. One of the things that we anticipate as a possible outcome may actually be an increase instead of a decrease in the reports of food insecurity because once our families trust that we have next steps available for them that are tangible, we anticipate that that might help to create that safety of disclosing their food insecurity, reporting it to us so that we can really intervene. So we might actually find that the issue is even larger, broader, and deeper than we know of in this moment, because as of right now, our families may or may not feel comfortable disclosing that information. Um, And I think that's, you know, thinking about food insecurity and how it affects children in particular, really thinking in terms of their full body and their full health, but also in terms of their growth and development. And so when we think about how food insecurity plays a role in school performance and, you know, academic outcomes, it is very clear that by addressing this need and encouraging opportunities for families to disclose this need, we really might help to have impacts well beyond what we can anticipate from the direct reports in that moment. Yeah, that's a great point. And even in the research um, that I did for this episode, um, they have shown that food insecure households have a twofold higher rate of missing preventative medical appointments. And so if people know that they can come and, you know, disclose this information and then also get help at the same time, they might be, you know, coming to more appointments as well. So we talked about how these resources are going to be really great for some of our families um, at Midtown. Is Can you walk me through kind of the process of families being referred over um, to the food pantry and check um, and kind of the nitty gritty of how residents can do this on a daily basis? So I think this is where we're really going to lean on the support of our social work and community health work team because we don't anticipate that residents are going to need to know how to navigate getting a patient, you know, walked across the street directly. But we really do appreciate that we're going to have that direct access to the on in the moment on site referrals and really being able to say right here in this moment, I have a patient in front of me who could really benefit from this service and activating our team always present at Pediatrics at Midtown to be able to help make a connection, including directly walking over in the moments that that makes sense, Um, but also just connecting with the team over a check for times when it might be less immediately urgent for that, you know, direct moment as well. Exactly. I think those are some of the operations that we're going to need to to work out here in the coming weeks um, in terms of the social work and CHWs connect at PAM. Um, and how they connect with the CHW and the staff at CHECK um, to make those referrals. We anticipate um, that we will be open Monday through Thursday, 8.30 to 4.30. Um, so we we're hoping that that access is going to be similar to the phys- you know, the provider office being open similar hours and um, that the patients can, can come by upon referral. Um, again, as we hope to grow this food pantry, more, we hope to expand access to additional patients. But in, initially, we're just going to be starting with 
patients who are identified by the social worker CHWs at the pediatric practice and call over to check and say, you know, I have a family that just was screened as emergent food insecure. They're on their way over. Can you see them? Of course we can. Um, they'll come in for, you know, anywhere from 10 to 15, 20 minutes, um, get a box, learn how to use what food is in the, um, in, in the box, you know, cooking, you know, demonstrations, recipes, um, and then just to see what other resources they need. Um, I think one of the, one of the, the potential barriers that we may have to think about with this, and it's, you know, it's right now it's let's lift and get this, this food pantry up. But I anticipate that many of, of our pediatric patients and their families are experiencing transportation difficulties as well. So are they going to be able to carry a box home on the bus and things like that? So I think that we're going to have to think out of the box, literally on this model and what are going to be multiple ways that we can meet the needs of these families. Um, just, you know, a virtual food pantry, you know, a physical food pantry. Um, but what are the the various, how is this going to look to really meet the needs of the patients um, and whether they can get to the check or if they can't, how we can get food to them. Awesome. Well, this sounds really exciting um, for everybody that's at Midtown and just, you know, the city of Baltimore in our local community. Um, I want to thank you both for coming on and chatting about this awesome project and all the work that you've put into it. Um, I know that it's going to be um, a really great success and I can't wait to see it launch. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank Thanks you for, for having us. Thanks for listening to this episode of Charm City Checkup, a podcast about social justice issues in the city of Baltimore for pediatric residents, made by a pediatric resident. Special thanks to medical students Juliana Solomon and Jessica Carullo for their contributions. Please follow us on Instagram at Charm City Checkup and feel free to reach out with any questions or episode ideas by emailing charmcitycheckup at gmail.com. Please remember that all opinions expressed on the podcast are mine and not necessarily shared by my employer. Thank you.